Hello, welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here's always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I'm good, Adam. I'm good. Are you uh are you celebrating your European triumph? I am. I uh I am. I actually rare sight before we hopped on and recorded, uh I was singing. I sang a, a fun Man City chant about one of my favorite city players. You 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 indeed did and uh and I had said that I was going to be singing uh, Ice Ice Baby, but instead of Ice Ice Baby, got a little bit of um, Rice Rice Baby for my soon-to-be friend, one Sir Declan Rice. Has he been knighted? I'm knighting him. Well, you know who should be knighted by the king? Johnny, Johnny Stones. What did he, he gets do? The, he gets the blues excited. And he fucking hates United. Johnny, Johnny Stones. <laughs> what, what did he do? What did he do? Did, did, he, did, he, did he score? He only ran a fucking marathon in 90 minutes playing midfield as a and, defender. And, and, and got assaulted. Yeah, and got assaulted. And was assaulted in the box. His, his, his shirt was ripped, was ripped to pieces. And Mr. Referee, oh, no foul. No foul. I, I mean, what was this game seven in the Stanley Cup final? Like, talk about putting your whistles away. I mean, no, nah, you never never gave a penalty a penalty for that. But yeah, there was some. Uh, oh, not a penalty, but just there like was a some foul. horseplay. There was some horseplay for sure. Yeah. Well, it was off of a corner. That was off of a corner, and if he was brought down in the box and had his shirt ripped to pieces, it would have been a penalty. Yeah. Can you imagine if they gave a penalty in the Champions League final Ugh. with City already up one nothing? Yeah, no, oh, been, uh, people would be in tears, but it's fine. Uh, it seems like your man, uh, your man Kevin De Bruyne, has a problem with uh, staying on in big time matches. Unless, of course, those big time matches are against Arsenal, then you already know he's playing the full ninety and probably scoring. I'm sorry, he assists. He got two assists in the FA Cup final against United. Well, depending on who you ask, the FA Cup final is a meaningless trophy. Depending on who you ask, uh, it depends on who wins it. Actually. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Same, same thing with the Carabao Cup. Ah, uh, the league, the league cup is useless. The, the 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 league cup is silly. The league cup is fucking silly. It is pretty silly, actually. But the FA, but the FA Cup, yeah, the FA Cup, the FA Cup is an important is an important trophy to win. Yeah, you can't, um, you can't win the treble or the quadruple without winning, without winning the the FA Cup or the League Cup for that matter. But I think I'd rather win the FA Cup personally, or just win the Community Shield. Well, did you, did you win the Community Shield this year? Yeah, did we? Who did we put? Did we? You were no. It was it was against Liverpool. I don't think we did. I don't know. I really I, don't yeah, care. I, that was, it feels like it feels like a lifetime ago, and I legitimately have no idea if if you won that silly thing. But you know who will who you'll be playing in the uh, in the Community Shield next season? Yes. We'll be playing Mick Arteta and his lads. We're not playing United. No. Oh no, you did. Yeah, you did lose to Liverpool three one. Yep. Yeah. That does feel like a lifetime ago. Wait, why aren't we playing United? Because if we won the FA Cup and the league, wouldn't it go to the second place team in the FA Cup? No. Oh. 
It's second place no, team it, in the league. It would, go, it would go to the second place team in the league. Oh. Which uh, was, of was, course, which was, of course, the mighty Arsenal. You know, who are playing in the uh, Super Cup is Sevilla, who we pumped in the group stage. Oh, yeah. 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 Wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's another, that's another meaningless one. Yo, uh, Ederson cost 30 million. We all think he's fucking brilliant. He's Ederson. I didn't even know oh. that, that Man City supporters had, had chance. I didn't know they had supporters, to be fair. Oh, give me a break with this. I have to say, some of the, some of the, the videos at the final whistle when you had won the Champions League, th- those videos could have been filmed in the middle of, uh, of, of St. Peter's Basilica. Well, there were some video. There were some other videos that were filmed that were more representative of what the scenes were actually like. Sure, so. I did not see. I did not see any of the uh, the the videos in, in 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 Manchester, and I I did find it very funny that the United fans were were trying to take credit for Man City's success and say, "Oh, Manchester won more trophies this year than London." Fuck off! Fuck off! What you? Oh, dead serious. I, I'm dead serious. Oh my God. Adam, you had United fans that were rooting for City to win the league because they didn't want us to win the league. And talk about being down bad. Man United like, and Man City are local rivals. They are in the same city. And granted, yeah. this all falls in line with what I've said about City in the past and how City don't move me or bother me at all. But that's an entirely different conversation. Adam... When Tottenham were in the Champions League final, I, I thought about unspeakable things. I was miserable. Yeah. I was miserable. I think uh, they, we have recorded evidence of our predictions of that final because um, we talked about it on the required radio something. Maybe I, on Ryan's show? Maybe I pray to God that I pick Spurs just to try and jinx them. I think I probably vo- I voted for like a a nil nil draw as long as possible, as long as you could possibly make it. Oh it's no, I was, I, that was that was a final where I was rooting for Liverpool with all of my might. It's just weird sometimes, or it's just weird that a lot of the recent Champions League finals have been one nil. It's a little stressful, but I think of course it's be- I mean, they've never. They're never going to be high-scoring affairs. They're always going to be cagey. I feel like we're never going to see like a Liverpool AC Milan sort of thing ever again. Well, no, because that I mean that that final as well. You had world-class talents all over the pitch. I mean that that's an historic final. Yeah, it just didn't do wonders for my blood pressure at the end. It Ederson, never does. Rama it never Lulu does. Kaku. It's not supposed to be easy, and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Romelu Lukaku might be a new Man City player uh, come a couple of weeks. He's like a double agent. Except he's not a double agent. If he was a double agent, he'd be a double agent for United. Uh yeah. I don't know what the fuck he was doing out there to be quite to be quite fair. Well, fair play on the goal on the basically the catastrophe in the box. Save. Nobody f- save. Nobody knew the fuck knew what the fuck was going on. So, you know, he didn't know that he was, you know, uh, keeping out the tying goal with his foot, like with his foot just being there. 
but missing an open net by like 10 yards. I don't know. Not great. For all my Italian listeners out there, he was playing like a real rim bomb bead. Right. What is there an English word for that? Idiot. Oh, idiot. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, I needed to make sure I, I reached my 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 fellow Italian listeners. I understand. Because you know I am I am for the culture. I am I am a I am a man of the people. I am a man of the Italian people. I'm a big time cursor in many languages. Yes, I do I do know that. But I mean I wonder if I could great... say I wonder if I could say a curse word in every language. I should I should do some research on that. Every language ever? Well, like the the main languages, not like you know. I'm not gonna be going and, and you know looking how to say shit in Swahili. I was gonna say like let's maybe don't. That would be like a five hour here. podcast. I mean, it's probably easy to just find it. Through, well, <clears throat> the the beauty of Google Translate. I mean, it might not give you like a super accurate um, reflection just because of different dialects and things like that. But it's a good place to start. But anyway. I just want to say that. Uchafu. Oh, well, there you go. <clears throat> Ugh. I'm sorry. That that just slipped out. That was awful podcasting, awful radio. It just slipped out. Uchafu. That was fun. Uh, that's good. Every day is a school day, as they say. Do you know what Uchafu means? No. It means shit in Swahili. Oh. And Jamani, you know what Jamani means? Does it mean shit in another language? Nope. What does it mean? It means fucking Swahili. Oh. Jamani Uchafu. Fuck shit. That's nice. Again. We're really earning earning that E next to our name. Again. Man of the people. Big time cursor. Just like <laughs> All of you, beautiful people. Yes, me too. I and am guess also. What? This is te- technically, technically, this is a show all about moi. Okay, listen. Is it's it not. not? Is it well, not? It's about, it's about us. Bullshit. Who is What's putting about? in maximum effort? Moi. Who will be putting maximum effort in on the next program? Vu. Okay, fine. Adam. I understand. You know I never like to, to talk down to you or talk at you, but I speak facts. That's what I do here. I speak factual information. I thought you were just talking like generally. Like no, 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 the... no, 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 no. Tuesday's show was all about Jake. Today's program is all about me. Next Monday's program is all about my work husband, my sweetie pie, love of my life, Adam. I'm excited for that. All predictions are are. fun. I'm sure you are. But before we get into your bold predictions, I just want to talk about the goal. Because, oh my God, it was one of the coolest goals I've ever seen in my life. I've seen that goal probably about... 50 times that Man City have scored. And I never, ever, 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 ever get tired of it. And no one could ever 
freaking stop it. It's pathetic. Well, it's crazy because it goes around two people and goes into the net. And the goalie can't do anything about it. He's just standing there. Nope. And Onana had himself a hell of a game. Onana had himself a really, really, really good game for uh, for Internazionale. Yeah, I think he might be... uh... No, I don't know. He might be Chelsea-bound. That's what I was going to say. I don't know if I want to stoke any fires about rumors, but I did read some things about um, him being on the move in the in the summer. For the yeah, transfer might be, he might be he might be Chelsea bound. Which, I mean, sure, I guess if you wants if you anybody wants to go to Chelsea right now, I mean, good luck, God bless him. Exactly. Wow, uh, Adam, is... some, some some breaking some breaking news. This is applicable to uh, to Tuesday, uh, since we are recording this. You're hearing this on Thursday, but just instant reaction right away from Elliot Friedman. Matthew Tuchuk is out tonight. Ooh. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights on Good your night, Stanley Cup. Good night, Irene. Congratulations to Vegas on winning the Stanley Cup because, he's oh my hurt. God. He, he, he is playing hurt. He's playing hard. I was listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about. Well, he's how... not playing tonight, anyway. Well, he was. He was that he he had injuries that if they were during the regular season, he could potentially have been out months. So when the injuries do come out as to what he has, apparently the Chuck injuries are, are pretty bad. I mean, you know, that's the story of the NHL playoffs. I mean, Ryan Strom was playing with like, what was he playing with? Like a torn. Like no, a groin he, issue, a punctured spleen, yeah, <laughs> or a lacerated and, spleen. What are the I mean, you got those? you got guys playing with all kinds of just devastating injuries. Of course, it's you're, a final. Of course, it's you're a like, final. how are you even walking, let alone skating? Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of the NHL, and we could do a whole podcast about this, but and maybe we will at some point. Um, well, we definitely will because we have an off-season podcast to do about the Rangers. But I have three words for you, Adam. You happy now? Well, best of you and your of... people caused this. Okay, best of the rest. I don't know. You it... and your people caused this. Lavulette a... is the same as Gallant. He is the same coach. I'd rather him over John Hines. Or okay. Joel Quenville, I would, I would rather I would rather John Madden over Brandon Staley. Okay. That's not really the same. Okay, I'd ra- I would rather have Mike McCarthy over Brandon Staley. I'd ra- I would rather have Andy Reid over Brandon Staley. Happy? That better? Yes, I guess. I mean, who well, it's either it was either a retread or it was you know Chris Knobloch. It was never going to be Chris Knobloch with with the Rangers, but as much as I really talked myself into that one, you know the funny thing is I almost called him Chuck. I'm not even a Yankees fan. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> and then and then I can't I can't point out who this person is 
because I don't want to I don't want to bury anybody. But there is a columnist for the athletic. Adam, you know who this person is. You know who this person is. Columnist for the athletic. She came out with a piece about what's the deal with all these retread coaches. And Pierre Lebrun kind of like, you know, chopped back at her a little bit. And I kind of read the piece and I was sitting there and saying to myself, but wait a minute. You were one of the people that wanted Gerard Gallant out in the first place. Well, and we're now and we're now talking about the retread coaches are bad? Like retread coaches are bad. No, they're not. They're not bad. They are not bad. Joe Quin Joe Quinville's gonna get a job somewhere else. And Joe Quinville's better. probably gonna probably gonna win a Stanley Cup. If we're gonna talk about retread oh. coaches are bad, then we get to say retread executives are bad too. And well, kind of, yeah. Tyle Dubas is gonna is gonna turn Pittsburgh into a cup contender again within three years. John Davidson is doing an unbelievable job after going from St. Louis to Columbus to the Rangers, then back to Columbus. He's doing a great job out, out in Columbus. There are just guys in markets that you need to bring in that know what they're doing. You can't be bringing in a first-time head coach into Midtown Manhattan for an original six team on Broadway in the New York Rangers. That is setting the guy up for disaster. Been there, done that with David Quinn. And how fast did we want him out of town within a year? Well, that's a different situation because we knew that that how? was going to be a rebuild. We knew that was going to be a rebuild. This is not like hiring either Chris Knobloch or for, some it other further, It further proves my, proves my point. They're higher expectations. You can't. You don't want a young coach or a first-time coach coming into a team that is expected to compete for a championship and – he fucks up, and we're like, oh, but this is a first-time coach. He fucked up. So, oh, oh well. I would well, rather take the chance on a guy like La, like Laviolette. And for what it's worth, I'm not against the Laviolette hire. It doesn't move me, but it doesn't, like, completely crush me like it's done with 99% of Rangers Twitter that are completely up in arms, who, by the way, that same 99% of people wanted Gerard Gallant out of town. So those people, quite frankly, to the to, – to, uh, Oh, there's a name I want to say right now. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because I'm a nice person. Nice person. Please don't. I, I operate in the shadows. Fuck those 99% of the people. Fuck them. I just don't. I want to be more imaginative with your coaching hires. It, the yeah, thing with cool. the NHL, it's the same 40 people for 32 jobs. And they just rotate in and out. Look at Toronto. They fire Kyle Dubas and they bring in Brad Treliving to be their general manager. Um, I mean, maybe the Rangers were waiting on Sheldon Keefe. Who knows? Fuck that. Um, but he's not like the best coach either. It was not a great crop. I mean, if Gerard Glenn had gotten fired last year, then, you know, an obvious candidate would have been out there in Bruce Cassidy. Yep. And he would have been fantastic for the Rangers. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice also. Ooh, that, that's a, there you go. There's a great example of retread coaches right there. I think Florida and Las Vegas are doing really great right now with their two retread coaches. Boston, Boston had a great time with their retread coach. 
well until the playoffs started. Okay, then the playoffs started, and two retread coaches are now coaching against each other in the cup final. Okay, so, I mean, look at, it's like the old conundrum of, uh, oh, you need experience for this job. How am I supposed to get experience if you want to hire me because I don't have experience? You know, you look at the John Coopers of the world, noted Hofstraman John Cooper, Rob Brindamore, who was a player, granted. Different. And a legend. Different. Because they're in small markets. They're in Carolina. They're in Tampa. But they've had success. John Cooper has won two Stanley Cups and been to the But when he was brought in in there, Tampa was a mess. He had to build his program there, and he was a forward at the time because Tampa was not a big market. Jared Bednar, also in Colorado. Not a big market. Not a big market. They were on, they were basically floundering after Patrick Waugh. Colorado, Colorado is a big hockey market. They've had not, nothing not but a, success. They're not a big time market, though, Adam. They've they're had not nothing but success since they're they not moved a from Tampa. Quebec. They're not a they're not a Toronto, not a Tampa. They're not a New York. They're not a Chicago. Just say it. They're not an original six team. Yeah, they're not. They're not an original six franchise. That doesn't matter. Of course it does. Of course it does. You're afforded these opportunities for teams where expectations are not high are not heightened. The Colorado Avalanche for a long time were dog shit. Yet people weren't hounding and slamming the desk for the Colorado right. Avalanche to be better. The Chicago Black the Chicago Blackhawks were dog shit, and you have people that were slamming the desk looking for heads to be chopped off. The Maple Leafs have been dog shit for the last 40 years. People want the coach and the GM fired every goddamn year. The Rangers, the Rangers get knocked out in the conference final last year. There are people wanting Gerard Gallant's head on a fucking spike. Why? I have no idea. But it's the fucking fucked up world that we live in. Just, I don't know. Just show us some creativity for once. But where's the creativity? Where's the creativity, though? Who who realistically would have come in, other than Peter Laviolette, out of this crop of coaches that you would have said, yeah, that's a creative hire? Nabla? Maybe. that. Listen, also, that's not my job. I'm not the... Well, you're call, but you're calling for it, though. So what? what's the alternative? What's the alternative that Drury could have done? Because the I guys mean, that are the guys that are out there are all reach they're all retread guys. Mike Babcock, John Hines, uh Peter Laviolette, Joel Quinville. These are all these are all retread guys. It's 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 a boys club. It, it, the it is a boys club. I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL is the exact opposite. You get you see coordinators, hotshot coordinators get hired for head coaching positions all the time who are first time head coaches. Yeah, but it's different because in each individual unit is really highlighted in the National Football League whereas in the NHL not not many not many know who's running the power play and who's running the penalty kill for each respective team in the National Hockey League. But you you sit down, you sit down in in the middle of November, you know, when everyone has had an opportunity to see each team play, I, I would think that most NFL most NFL fans out of, you know, in, in groups of 5 could probably come up with the head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator for most teams in the National Football League. Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I mean, this is more of a problem with the NHL as a whole. 
that, you know, they just don't give, you know, younger, uh, younger coaching prospects a fair chance to get experience because sure of retreads. Like we know what Peter Laviolette is. We know what he's done. The Rangers might go, might have a deep playoff run. They might suck. You know, he's been to what? Three Stanley cup finals and one, one. Yes. So, I mean, he's good, but at least there's the, if we hire somebody like a, I mean, I don't know, not to use this as like an exact person, but like a, a David Quinn, somebody who, who people had high hopes for coming out of college, um, who was a first time head coach. There's at least some chance that he could be really good and you could have found a gem there. But look at, okay, here's, here's my example. The Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks could have brought in anybody to be their head coach. Who do they bring in? They brought in Greg Cronin, who was their AHL coach, who's been in the Islander system for a long time, was the head hockey coach at Northeastern for a little bit. They bring him in. Why can they afford to do that? Because they are A, they are a rebuilding team. B, they are in a market where growth can happen. Could the Rangers hire Greg Cronin? Probably not. Absolutely. That's my point. Absolutely well, they, not. I mean, they were looking at hiring Chris Knobloch, which would have been very similar. Sure, sure. But I am a more dedicated Ranger fan than, than most. So are you. We can't be included in this discussion. Any... Average Rangers fan would look at Chris Nabla, would look at his resume, and would say, who the fuck is that? Any average Rangers fan who doesn't know who the fuck Peter Laviolette is, but looks at his resume and says, oh, he's been to three Stanley Cup finals. Oh, he's won one. Oh, he's the winningest coach in uh, USA history in the National Hockey League. Okay, that's a guy. That's a guy. Completely discounting the fact that at his last stop in Washington, the two times he got into the playoffs, the Capitals floundered out in the first round. That's neither here nor there. The Rangers are a better team than both of those Capitals teams were. The bottom line is Peter Laviolette is a name. The Rangers need a name consistently. And it could not, could not, could not, could not be a guy that we're bringing in here, especially when we are hoping to contend for a Stanley Cup. We could not bring a guy in here who, for the first 40 games of the season, would be just learning the ropes. We couldn't do that. And there's so many flaws with this team that need to be that need to be figured out. You need to get Artemi Panarin's head out of his ass, where, oh my God, did you see his haircut? I am still in denial that it is real. I I, I was speechless. I, I was lost for words. I I'm still hoping that it's just photoshopped, and that he still has a full head of hair. You would be both. 
he would be both. And by the way, for what it's worth, um, the odds for the Knights tonight, it was uh, minus 170. So it was 170 to win 100. The odds now are minus 250 for Vegas. So 250 bucks wins you. 250 buck bet wins you 100. Wow. Vegas is slamming Vegas. And remember when they said that they couldn't have a team in Vegas because of gambling? I do. I do. And now now the city's going wild. They're going wild. For their golden knights, good for them. Good for them. Yep, everybody thought they were going to suck. That's a but... hockey. That's a, that's a that's a hockey town. You know, there there are definitely committed people that that are uh, that are in that are in Las Vegas that 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 do love their knights. Even even during the regular season, though, even during the regular season, they 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 sold out that building uh, pretty frequent frequently. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, one, it's a tourist destination. True. Two, Very they're true. good. I mean, if they're if they were what everybody predicted them to be after the expansion draft, I mean, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what the attendance figures were in that alternate future. But um, because you know, you're seeing that a little bit with the Raiders, and maybe if the A's move there, you might not get the same uh results as you would with Vegas and the Golden Knights. Possibly. But still, good for them. Even though they're also abusing the salary cap like every other Stanley Cup fi- Stanley Cup winning team, apparently. Yeah, good, good for Jack Eichel. He deserves it. He does. Jack Eichel winning a Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid. Who would have thought? Poetry. Poetry. <laughs> Making the final even before Connor McDavid. Who yep. would have thought? And good for Jonathan Marshall. So the guy's, the guy's going to win the Conn Smythe. Unless, unless, of course, Jack Eichel has, uh, has a hat trick Tuesday night, which... I don't think he's going to. Also, Rangers legend Brett Howden. Ugh, don't get me started. Anyway, so uh, now that we've done the New York Rangers slash Manchester Manchester City portion of the podcast, yeah, let's hear your bold prediction so I can be even more mad at you mm-hmm. for for things. Yep. So we we know we do this. If you listen to Tuesday's episode, you know how it works. Uh, I give both predictions for quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and then one overall large encompassing uh, bold prediction for uh, everything. These are not predictions that I think are going to concretely happen. There is a show for that. These are just predictions that I think could potentially happen. All right. Hit it. So for my quarterback... Uh, I wrote two down just because I wanted to make sure that all my bases were covered. And I knew that uh, that Jake was going to do his. Uh, luckily, we did not intercept on any of them. So uh, that's good. I just Now it's just a matter of which uh, one I'm going to choose to highlight. Um, I'll go with this one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars will throw 35-plus touchdowns and will throw for 5,000 yards this season, which will lead the National wow. Football League. Wow. A big, big, big call. Big call. Bold so prediction. how many games is sure. uh how many games are is Patrick Mahomes uh missing this year? Are you predicting? 
Like I don't think he's miss- <laughs> I don't think he's missing any games. I don't think he's missing any games. I think if we just look at you know just Patrick Mahomes' 2021 season, that was a 4,800 yard season. It's a great season for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's not. He threw for 5,000 yards, lad. 5,200 yards last year, Patrick Mahomes. Just think that number's going to come down slightly. And I think Trevor Lawrence will do enough where he leads the league in in, in passing at 5,000-plus yards. Mahomes won't be too far off, though. I, I'm not saying Mahomes, uh, Lawrence is going to completely blow Patrick Mahomes out of the water, but I think Trevor Lawrence does it. So, for context. Sure. Trevor Lawrence last year in 17 games. 4,100 yards, correct? Correct. And 25 touchdowns. Yes. So you're predicting quite the uptick. Yes, I am. Although I guess it would be pretty standard because he, from his rookie year, his disastrous rookie year, and going into this year, he threw for, I guess that would be like 500-ish more yards and then 13 more touchdowns. Continue the trajectory. Continue the trajectory. I think the Jaguars, the Jaguars are also going to throw the ball more. Obviously, Calvin Ridley is going to be in the fold there. You still have Christian Kirk. You still have Zay Jones. Evan Ingram's going to be back there as well. Uh, Travis Etienne, I would expect to be more involved in passing game. And also looking at the teams that are in the AFC South, they're going to have six matchups against teams with if we're being really honest with ourselves, really soft pass defenses. I think it's going to help Trevor Lawrence right there going up against the Colts, Texans and Titans twice each. So book it. Uh, that this is probably the one if I'm just going through. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe this is one of the ones that I think is very realistic and could, and could definitely happen. This is a little inconsistent with your views on Calvin Ridley though well this is not a prediction that i think is 100 going to happen but if calvin ridley proves me wrong and calvin ridley is a stud again then this prediction is full on yeah five thousand yards is a lot it's a, it, yes it is it is Are a you, lot well, of yards five thousand yards and 35 touchdowns is it a big, uh, big hill? It's a borderline to, to MVP level season from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but we've seen these third-year quarterback jumps happen before, and, and Trevor Lawrence, the conditions are perfect for him to deliver on that. All right. Well, that's going to be interesting. Coming out uh, hot right out of the gate. What I do. All right, running back. I'm deciding which one I'm going to go for because I have one positive one. I have one negative one. I'll go for the positive one. Uh, Bijan Robinson breaks Eric Dickerson's fantasy uh, rookie record for most fantasy points in the season and finishes as the RB1. Oh, thank God you said rookie record. I was like, yeah. no fucking way. He's rushing for like 2,200 yards. Rookie record. Rookie, rookie record, record for rookie record for fantasy points. He had 1,800 yards. On 390 carries with 18 touchdowns, he averaged 113 yards per game and had 51 catches for 404 yards and two touchdowns. So 20 total touchdowns, 2,200 total yards on about 441 touches. Well, the crazy thing is that's in non-PPR because PPR didn't exist in the 80s. Yes, right? and if we look, if we look at his fantasy numbers uh, for the actual points... 
that was 328 fantasy points. I think that number is very, very, very doable. Um, in non PPR, obviously that's the, that's the number that we'll have to uh, to compare to. Um, I'll definitely calculate the number that it would be for for full PPR. But yeah, uh, the conditions so, are perfect. Our conditions are perfect for Bijan to just be a beast right off the jump. Again, I have him right now as my player overall number four. I'm not going to move him up any more than that just because I'm loving Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson at two, at uh, three and two, respectively. Then, of course, Christian McCaffrey at uh, number one. Sorry, I have Bijan at five, not four. I forgot about Austin Eckler. So Bijan Robinson still top five. I'll keep him there. I'm not going to move him ahead of Eckler. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, but will there be places where if I'm taking, if I'm selecting at number two or number three overall, will I take Bijan Robinson? Just say I have Bijan Robinson. Yeah, definitely. Definitely I will. And but that so, that's just par for the course, considering I'm gonna be in a gazillion leagues. So uh take this with a grain of salt because sure. it's June. So I'm gonna read off some projections that Fantasy Pros has, and I don't know what they're basing this off of. If it's just college taper, maybe you know as you're a member of the consensus, esteemed member of the consensus at Burst. Um I don't know what they're basing this off of, but what they're saying on their website anyway is they're projecting him to rush for uh, 1,158 yards, Mm -hmm. uh, eight and a half rushing touchdowns with 40 catches-ish, 330 receiving yards, and 2.1 receiving touchdowns. All right, so they're calling his baseline to be 1150 and 330 so that's about 1500 yards that's his baseline i guess so well that would be so wiggle room wiggle room potentially more than that yeah yep i'm 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 all in on that i haven't i haven't done my Bijan projections yet i'm going i'm going through my projections little by little Bijan, i haven't gotten to yet um i think i'm gonna be higher on basically all metrics than fantasy pros would be. Yeah, how I'm. Many, uh, how many fantasy points? Just, just uh, answer this for me. How many fantasy points does that equate to for Bijan? Like two fifteen ish. Very close. So in standard, it would be two oh eight. Two oh eight. Okay. Point two. Okay. And then in in full, it's two forty eight point four. Okay. And that's his baseline. So he could definitely do way better than that. Yeah. I could see that happening with just knowing what we do about the Titans off or see, I did it. It's a Freud that's a Freudian slip. It is. It is. That's a real Freudian slip. Um <laughs> see, knowing what we know about the Falcons offense under Arthur Smith which is similar to the Titans offense under Arthur Smith. Mm. Um, <laughs> they like to run the football. And, it, and he could be coached for his job this year. And I mean, he's, as Jake pointed out on his bold prediction show, he spent three first round picks now in a row on skill position players on Kyle Pitts, on Drake London, B. John Robinson. Two of the three have 
been with mixed results so far. If the Falcons are not going to be that great this year and Arthur Smith is going to keep his job, he's got to show that some of these first-round picks are at least developing. Plus, and I those think were all he's going to top 10 roll. picks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He is going to ride and die with Bijan Robinson. If he doesn't, that's that's a big misstep on his part because what got him that job in the first place was riding on a guy called Derrick Henry. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I, yeah, so far, I think this is the one that's most likely to come true. Bijan, 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 baby. All right. Receiver. Um, I've done AFC South and NFC South. I have an NFC South one here. I'm not going to go with the NFC South one just because we got to expand our horizons a little bit. Let's go to the NFC North. Jordan Addison will record a top 20 fantasy season in half PPR. What? Really? Jordan Addison will be a top 20 fantasy receiver in half PPR. Yes. Jordan Addison, who is the number two behind Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Correct. Correct. And okay. the ba- the basis for this is very simple. The Vikings offense is going to be explosive. And I know that there is TJ Hawkinson there. I know that Justin Jefferson is there. And the new crush of all crushes, Alexander Madison, is there. Who do I think has the most growth to, most potential to jump onto the scene in year one out of all the rookie receivers? I think it's Jordan Addison. He's got the skill. And I know I'm, I'm a big Jonathan Mingo guy. But Jordan Addison is just a better receiver than Jonathan Mingo. That, that's fact. He's in an offense where he's going. they're going to throw the ball a ton. And it helps that there is an established starting quarterback and established, established very good, if not very underrated quarterback in Kirk Cousins, who we know is going to want to throw the ball and throw the ball a ton. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to give Kirk Cousins the ability to do so. You do not draft Jordan Addison if you have no plans to use him immediately. He's going to slot in right away and be the number two to Justin Jefferson. And we have seen fantasy receivers, duos even, be very, very good collectively. Look at last season with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Look at the years of Tom Brady when he was cooking it up in Tampa with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. There are many examples of duos that game by game do tend to eat eat into each other a little bit, but at the end of the day, they still prove to be okay, and we get to the end of the season, and they both turn out to be all right. So week in, week out, will it be the prettiest? Probably not, because there's this guy, Justin Jefferson there and TJ Hawkinson there as well. But the potential is there with Jordan with Jordan Addison. He's got he definitely has 65, 70 catch upside with seven, eight touchdowns. And he has that burner potential where those some of those touchdowns can be big ones. So the thing is, you're getting him at a value. That's the point point in your favor. 
you're getting Jordan Addison at a value. Yeah, I have Jordan Addison right now in my ranks. If you're curious, I have him at 86th overall, which yeah. is good for, I believe that's wide receiver 36 in my ranks. Wide receiver 37. Also, I'm trying I was to close. find him. I was close. The consensus. So give me a... It's fine. Point not in your favor, though, is those two duos that you mentioned... Were we not on this very part on this very program every week saying, who are you starting out of these two guys? Is it Metcalf or Lockett? Who's going to have a big week? Are you still going with Mike Evans or are you going with Chris Goblin? I mean, those two duos from last year are probably not the best examples to go off of. Maybe AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, but still that's, though, that's a great one. That's a great one. That's probably that's better, but it's still kind of indicative of the problem, which is that you know you have these two players that are going to be eating into each other as far as production, and there are still a lot of uh, weapons in Minnesota. It's a great prediction, but I don't know if it's going to necessarily happen. I mean, not top twenty is is a tough ask it's in this big wide ask. receiver class class. It's a big it's ask. There's, ask. A, there's always one rookie every year that comes out and performs. I think that guy this year is going to be Jordan Addison. Conditions are great for it. So Jordan Addison, top 20. Okay. Very interesting. I'm very interested to see what your tight end. Yeah, this was, this, this was uh, really difficult. Uh, clutching. With with Jake because I mean he he ended up settling on uh, I, I won't say because you have to go listen to uh, to that podcast. Uh, but the tight end prediction that I have, I'm gonna go back to the AFC South, and I am going to say that Chig Okonkwo will lead the Titans in receiving touchdowns. And I know that Traylon Burks is there and everyone loves Traylon Burks right now, but I'm really buying into the potential hype on Chico Conquo. Ryan Tannehill is going to be there. He did target Chico Conquo a significant amount. I'm looking at Will Levis and I want to know when Will Levis is going to come into the fold there in Tennessee. And when he does, what does that offense look like? And I think Will Levis is really going to rely on some of those lesser guys, maybe those guys that aren't getting consistent one reps. I know Chico Conquo is, but I could definitely see Will Levis targeting him often. Athletic tight end, uber athletic, really good hands, really soft hands. And who is a young quarterback's best friend at the end of the day? His tight end. And if Chico Conquo gets those reps, I think he's a great, great, great bet to lead the Titans in receiving touchdowns. Not not touchdowns, period. We know who that more than likely is going to be. But receiving yes, touchdowns, I'm going with Chico Conquo. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. It's definitely bold, I would say. It is bold. It is bold. I like bold. That Such is the name of the program. Yes. Yeah. I could see a pathway to that happening. Opportunity. But Derek there. Henry's still there. Yes. Yes. I, I, I like him. You know, even even if it doesn't come true, 
I still like him. I still like him to be very, very productive and be a 55, 60 catch tight end, you know, sprinkling six, seven touchdowns. And you're getting him pretty much free. Like, let me see where I have him in my ranks. I have him. Da, 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 I have 113th overall. I mean, yeah. Once again, getting a player at a value. Yep. So that's good. Yeah, and... I like him. I like him. He's got the upside. He's got the upside for more. I want to see, just out, just out of curiosity, where he's being ranked in the consensus. Wow, someone actually has the tight end nine. Wow. Wow, he really is like consensus. He's a top 12 tight end. Wow. Wow. Huh? Oh, good, good for the community here. Good for the community catching on. Love to see it. The fantasy community. That's the fantasy uh, community. Love that. Look at that. Yeah, Chigokon- Chigokonkwa to the moon. Yep. So, who's your wild card to finish off? Oh man. I mean, there are like five that I want to say. And it's just narrowing down the one that I want to go with. No Tampa Bay wide receiver finishes in the top 20 and half PPR. I agree with you. There's no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, look, there is a, there is a chance. There is a chance in half that it's, that it is Chris Godwin or, or, or Mike Evans just continues to be Mike Evans and gets his thousand and eight and somehow sneaks into the top 20. It's possible. It definitely Can is. You imagine possible. Mike Evans just wills his way to a thousand yard season. It, will it happen? Pr- probably by, by some grace of God, honestly. Um, Godwin, I think, would be the one that, that would contest that over over Mike Evans. But again, I just have massive, massive concerns about the quarterback play in, in Tampa. And whether it's going to be Baker Mayfield, whether it's going to be Kyle Trask, or whomever the fuck it's going to be. I just have big-time concerns about who's going to get these receivers the ball consistently. Are they going to be able to sustain drives? It's not going to be pretty week in and week out for for either one of the two stud receivers in Tampa, God, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and just have massive, massive concerns. And as much as I really hate this, because I mean I love both of them. Both of them have been very, very good uh, fantasy assets in, in the past for a lot of people. I mean, I know, I know, Jake absolutely loves Chris Godwin. I absolutely love Mike Evans. And they have really, both of them, honestly, have led me to sustain fantasy success in the past. I just don't know if I'm going to be going crazy to to try and get them this year. And and that's uh, that just really well, sucks. It really, Mike really, Evans really has sucks. Seen, has seen worse at the quarterback position. Mike Evans has. Chris Godwin, I don't know. But Mike Evans has. Uh, Well, he had famous James. Great guy. Love him. No, I was talking about like, you know, Mike Glennon. Oh, Mr. Glennon. Yes, yes, him. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Love him. The the pre-Jameis years. Josh McCown that one time. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Glennon. John Gruden. Well, he's putting together the Saints offense. Who knows? I uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think that a lot of people agree that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a questionable 
to be charitable about this. And they have a questionable quarterback situation and it's just not going to be good for Goblin and Evans. And Mike Evans already had a pretty down season last year. Just with, barely got a thousand with Tom Brady. Um, granted last year, Tom Brady last year of his career, Tom Brady, who was like kind of that whole offense was sputtering anyway. And um, Chris Goblin was pretty good, but they were just throwing him the ball all the time. And it's just going to be very inconsistent. And I can now understand why you're so high on Rashad White, because <laughs> the quarterback play is going to be atrocious. I love Rashad White. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Dump off city. Rashad White. Bring it on. Yeah, um, I I agree. But that was fun. And next time it's going to be going to be me i'm going to be in the hot seat going over yep. bold predictions and thank you for filling time talking about the rangers and manchester city because otherwise this would be like a 20 minute podcast yeah, yeah literally literally we we, we <laughs> flew through this but not a bad thing not 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 a bad thing considering i know that jake one was was a little bit longer so uh yeah these were I'm, some I'm, of the I'm, most I'm okay reasonable bold predictions i think i've ever seen you uh come up with and no Cowboys both predictions either. Yeah. Nothing that was so like out of the ordinary. I was like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Everything was actually like pretty down to earth, which was nice. I did, I, I did have Deshaun Watson finishing the top four quarterback on here that I didn't say. Oh, what the fuck is the matter with you? Uh, hey, see, there he goes. Fill the quota. I believe it. I believe oh, that could happen. Get out of here with this. Especially if DeAndre Hopkins goes there. You know about that, Adam? You know about that? Uh, I. Come on, you want to do it with me? You want to do it with me? Ready? That's more of a you thing. All the munchies. All the goodness. Yeah, it's more of a you thing. Anyway, of course, uh, I'm a fucking comedian here. Yes, of course. So before we go, do you want to just read off uh, your bold predictions one by one? Sure. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throws 35 plus touchdowns and has 5,000 passing yards. Bijan Robinson finishes the RB1 and breaks Eric Dickerson's rookie record set in 1983. Jordan Addison records a top 20 fantasy season in half point PPR. Chico Conquo leads the Titans in receiving touchdowns. And no Bucks wide receiver will finish in the top 20 in half point PPR. All right. Sounds good. Also, I didn't, maybe my internet was weird. I didn't hear the RB1 part of the Bijan Robinson thing. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. RB1. So he finishes it. So he finishes ahead of Eckler, McCaffrey. Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry, Barkley, Taylor. Jacobs, Chubb, everybody, all Pollard, yeah, everybody. Okay, everybody. Slightly less believable now. And Bijan and Bijan Robinson will be the number one overall pick in fantasy next year. Slightly less believable. I you had me with the rookie record thing. I was like, oh yeah, you know, that's fine. I can believe I could go oh, with that. If he breaks the rookie record, he's gonna be the RB one. I mean, I haven't calculated how many PPR fantasy points that is, but uh, for the next show, I'll I'll definitely have that number. Very interesting. 
Well, which now I'm definitely going to go calculate because I know first thing on uh, on on Mondays you're going to be asking me what Eric Dickerson's what that number is in full point PPR because you don't forget these things. Oh yeah, totally. I forget a lot of other things, but not that. Nope, not that, not that. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.